Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 41. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's Laura Reagan, LCSWC, with today's episode. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Hey everyone, this is Laura Reagan, your host for Therapy Chat. Today I'm excited to bring to you an interview with two practice building consultants who have been very influential to me, Kelly Higdon and Miranda Palmer from Zinni Me. Miranda and Kelly have a boot camp for therapists that happens twice a year in March and usually September. And um it's through Business School Boot Camp with Kelly and Miranda of Zinni Me that I learned so much about how to run my private practice as a business because it is a business. And I learned about marketing, my website, blogging, and so many more things. They have a lot of free content on their website, so go check it out at zinnyme.com, Z-Y-N-N-Y-M-E.com. Now, in this episode, Kelly and Miranda are going to talk with me about how identifying and speaking to your ideal client through your marketing as a therapist basically helps the world. It helps the therapist, it helps the clients, it helps the image of psychotherapy in general, and helps reduce stigma about help seeking. I found this interview really interesting and informative, and I hope you will too. So let's get started. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. Today, I'm so excited to have two guests, the wonderful Miranda Palmer and Kelly Higdon of Zinni Me. Ladies, thank you so much for being here on Therapy Chat today. Thanks for having us. We're so excited to be here and get to hang out with you, Laura. Thank you. Yeah, so um, I wanted to bring you guys on to really talk about something that you really have helped me with a ton. I mean, I certainly don't have it perfected and I've probably haven't really worked your program as well as I should. But um, (laughs) so like if anyone's listening, don't don't judge them by my website. But um, (laughs) progress, not perfection. (laughs) Exactly. So 
when we talk about the things that are really important for therapists to consider when trying to build their practices, um, something that I've really learned so much from you guys is about, you know, speaking to your ideal client and how you do that through your website and narrowing down the specific areas of focus for a practice that are really the most, you know, your most favorite things to do. Um, so can you talk about just how that is important for therapists who are building their practices? You know, I just want to say, like, I think it's a really important aspect for therapists that are building their practices, but also for the community at large and for people who are looking for therapy. At the core of it, this is about being therapists that really connect with our community, that we're educational, and that we give great services to clients. Clients are looking for help. They're in a lot of pain. Most people don't like pick up the, like have a stub toe or feel like a little bit of malaise and then be like, I need therapy. Let me go and start doing this. Like they, they experience a lot of stress and frustration and pain and they try a lot of different things before they make the step to start looking for therapy. And, you know, their experience of starting to, to Google and search um, it's a different experience in the last 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years ago, it was the yellow pages where they were, <laughs> you know, like looking through there, like trying to like, you know, make these phone calls. We want that experience to be something where as they are reading these different websites, that they're being educated, that they're being informed, that there is a sense of hope that they get, that this is something that they can find help with. And also that, there is some trust and empathy built in therapists as a whole and also in the particular therapist that they're interviewing before they ever pick up the phone because we know that that enhances the therapy experience and makes it more likely that people will actually reach out and schedule therapy when they need it, maybe even before it's like in complete crisis. Um, so many therap- or uh, potential clients go and kind of start looking. They're in that pre-contemplation stage And they get sort of overwhelmed with the process. And so they kind of shut down and, you know, put it off to the side. And then they wait, you know, weeks or months until like it's like the last ditch before they finally go in and start looking. And I think when we can improve the way that we have that first interaction through our website, um, it changes that whole dynamic. I think too for the person that's running their practice – it makes their process smoother. Um, it really can build your confidence. Imagine you get 10 calls and they're all just random and not a good fit and you end up referring them out. That gets old. You know, that gets hard. <laughs> but when you get calls and it's like a, a synergistic effect between you and that person on the phone because this person it has resonated with what you have to say, knows that you can help them, the commitment has started before they've called you, that that's energizing when you own a business, you know, and you and providing great referrals is important, but it's also important to do your best work and to be able to reach to those people whom you were meant to serve. We kind of, we do feel like not everyone is for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and that, that's a good thing. We, that's when people say, Oh, there's a ton of therapists. Yeah, but there's no one like you. 
and that does the kind of work you do. And that's what we promote in our work with our clients. We, we call out their uniqueness and we need to be doing the same um, because it's good for our business and it's good for the client. Yeah, so what you said about, for one thing, how when someone is looking for a therapist, they are under an immense amount of stress and their things have gotten to the point where they need someone else to help them get through what they're going through. And so mm-hmm. to, to keep your um, information that you put out into the world, whether it's um, a website or the other ways that you tell people you're out there to keep it so general that people can't understand yeah. whether or not you'll be able to help them. Mm-hmm. You're kind of depriving that client who's looking for oh, help yeah. being yeah. able to find. Yeah. I think the other thing is in some cases, you know, therapists are really worried about being unethical mm-hmm. and how they market. Like they're really concerned about it. They don't want to make false promises. They don't want to overstate um, what they can do or how they can help. And that's really powerful. And yet I have talked with a lot of therapists who have, after going through the process, really like taken ownership and admitted, wow, the way that I was marketing was not really ethical. I acted as if I could do really good work in these areas. And the truth is I didn't like them. Mm -hmm. I wasn't as effective as I needed to. And there were clients that when I got on the phone with them, I knew it wasn't a good fit. My whole professional judgment, intuition, whatever you want to call it, told me it wasn't a good fit. But you know what? I needed a client and I needed the money Mm -hmm. and I needed the income. And for that, that is, A, I just want to like commend any therapist who will just be honest with themselves about what that is. But to be able to get to the other side and say, it is never worth a new client if it is not a fabulous fit. If you don't know with most or if not all of your heart that you can really help this person, that you're excited about helping them then you owe it to them to refer out. And, and we're taught that in graduate school. And somehow along the way, even though it's very, very clear, we should be doing referrals, we should be engaging, we should be specializing, we should get clear, something gets missed and we become generalists because in the agency work or in our internships, mm-hmm. that, was, that was a requirement. And I think it's a good requirement. It gives us a really nice, solid foundation to specialize. It gives us a solid foundation to know when we're out of our depth. It gives us a solid foundation when that's an aspect um, of the issue. You know, like, oh, wow, you know, they have some some OCD symptomology um, in addition to this trauma that we're working through. That's important for me to realize and for me to be able to assess, yep, that's a level of OCD that I have expertise working with. Um, versus like, whoa, they have a level of OCD where really before that's treated, I, I can't do the trauma work. Um, that's going to get in the way. And I need to be able to refer out and come up with a better plan or get some really good training or consultation. Yeah. And when you talked about, I mean, therapists can be so uncomfortable with marketing. We don't like to talk about ourselves, what we do, we want to focus on the other person, we don't think we're really all that special. And we feel like if we say we specialize in something that we're making ourselves um, sound better than we really are. Mm -hmm. Um, 
do you think that that is like a mindset issue for therapists that gets in the way of being able to get their message out? I think it is, but I think that we are raised in a system that perpetuates that and kind of teaches it. If you think about the culture of becoming a therapist, you go to school, you go to grad school, oh, you still don't know enough, then Mm -hmm. you have to do your internship, oh, you still don't know enough, then you take your exams, oh, you just got licensed, well, you still have to wait a while before you can supervise, oh, now that you're supervised, but you still need this certificate (laughs) and these other specializations before you're really good at something. Um, As artists and creatives, which I believe therapists are, this is a craft that gets better with time, but that doesn't mean that what we have currently should be negated. So I do think that it comes from systemically um, for some of us, and I do think it's something that can be changed. I mean, that's kind of something we love seeing is when people flip the script. And it's no longer, hey, um, I'm just an intern or I'm just a therapist who sees couples. And it turns into a fire in their belly about who they are and, and their place in the world. And um, everybody has a place. And we want to help therapists claim that. Well, and to add to that, the research tells us, like the, the data and numbers tell us that just because you've been licensed longer or you've gotten more hours of training, that doesn't make you a better therapist. It doesn't necessarily make you have better outcomes with clients. That there are there is a whole nother set of things that actually connects in with great outcomes, consistently great outcomes. And I think it's a lie that's been told to therapists that somehow with time, um, without specific focus and, you know, like without like a very specific intention and without being able to do things like say no to clients that are not right for you and to be able to focus your process in what is the kind of training that I really deeply want and need, not because that training is going to give me value as a human or value as a therapist, but because I see that this could be really impactful to my work and I get excited about this training and it brings this all like, like it's this whole different thing as opposed to, well, so-and-so said, and this person said that this certification, like really like that was what like blew up their practice. So I'm going to go become this kind of, I'm going to become a CSAT or I'm going to become a um, an EFT therapist, or I'm going to do EMDR because everyone said said I should. No, 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 no. Yeah, we get asked like, "What's the most profitable niche?" <laughs> I hear sex addiction I... is up and coming, <laughs> and it's like the most profitable niche is the one that you love working with and that you can speak to from the heart and most clearly. Like, you know, like that's going to be the most profitable. Yeah, so that is so funny. I I hear that too. Like, um, so I know I need to niche. Um, so which one should I pick? Like, what's the best? <laughs> well, yeah. and I think the other thing too is people are afraid to choose something. And Miranda and I are really open about our stories that like niching is fluid. Like nothing, and that's the cool part about this work. And the cool part about marketing these days is. You can change your website with ease, you know, and 
you can try different things on. And like I talk about how I started out like marketing to men and I got all of their partners. <laughs> like I got all the women and I discovered I, I loved it. And um, so it was the woman coming on and saying, you know, gosh, she knows the kind of guy I'm with, <laughs> you know. And yeah. so it's fluid. We're never stuck. And it's so funny because we can hold that space for our clients. At least I'm hoping we do. Uh, you know, we have hope. We want to see movement. And we don't believe people um, stay stagnant. And um, we help creative growth. And we want to do that for ourselves and our businesses as well. Yeah. So we're talking a little bit about niche and ideal client. But can you just sort of define those for someone who's listening, maybe his, um, this is going to run in the summer. So I'm thinking that a lot of people who are just getting out of grad school and are thinking about going into private practice may want to understand really what those concepts are. Yeah, so the idea of a niche is to um, move out of this idea of I'm going to try to speak to everybody. I see everybody from eight to 80. Marriage, family, you know, I'm a marriage, family therapist that sees people from eight to 80 for individuals, family and couple work. Um, if they're breathing, I can help them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and moving that and narrowing down that focus and getting really clear, you know, what I noticed is that these clients feel more uh, effortless. Even, and I say this word, and it's funny because it's not that they're, they're, that's not that they're easy. It's not that it's like not work. It's just that there's a certain like fire connection. Um, Kelly used the word synergistic experience of like, there's just a match and a mesh and that you notice that you get good outcomes in these kinds of areas. And it's learning how to really um, define that. Sometimes it's based on the specific pain of a client um, sometimes it's based on kind of the personality needs of the client or the situation that's there. There's, there's actually several different ways to niche. Um, we have a whole like free training on that, um, about niche and specialization over our website. Um, if you want to know more, but it's this place of just getting clear and defining for yourself, this is, this is what I'm really good at. And this is what like, if a if all of my practice or even a percentage of my practice was working with these types of clients or this kind of issue, like that would be rad and I could give really good outcomes. And then the idea of an ideal client is really what happens to me. It's, it's kind of picturing what would happen or what does happen when you have that kind of person, that niche person sitting across from you, you would ask them their story, you would empathize with them, you would speak to them in a way that like, whoa, I really get what you're going through. Um, you would normalize their pain, you would give them hope, you would give them options and tell them how you could help, um, tell them how therapy could be beneficial without making false promises. You would do all of that. So we translate that into something written or something spoken into video or blogs or into your, your web pages by getting to know who is that person? What does that look like? Um, and using that, sometimes people use the word avatar, but using that really clear image, like where it's somebody sitting on your couch or a group of people sitting on your couch, 
how would I speak to them if they were right here? So that when they read your material or they watch your video, it hits them so deeply that they go, oh my God, you read my mind. Oh mm-hmm. my God, you are right here. Um, one of our uh, clients uh, posted the other day that she had gone through the process of really clearing as part of bootcamp her ideal client, her niche, and she rewrote her website and the person reached out and said, I started crying when I read your website because it just was exactly what I was going through. Like it was such a relief, you know, to be able to speak that deeply and that clearly to somebody. If you can do that on your website, then how much confidence does that give to that particular client that like, holy crap, you can do this in person. Mm -hmm. Like this is someone that I can really trust with my heart and my story and my secrets. See, people want to be seen in their pain. They don't, I mean, I don't know if you've ever looked for a therapist. I have. (laughs) It is, it's rough out there. Very (laughs) frustrating. Right. It's frustrating because I want to know like, that you can help and that you get me and that you have some semblance of understanding of what I'm going through. Even I, as a therapist, uh, educated consumer, whatever you want to call me, like is still looking to be heard and understood. That's what every human being wants. And that's what we want for therapists to be able to demonstrate, um, to their communities. Yeah. It's, it's, almost like magic if you can um, find the words to speak to that person so that they feel heard and understood like you said that client felt when they saw the therapist website that you had worked with it's so valuable and it's so special for the person but for the therapist trying to write that I think it's hard I mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's like it I I get what you're saying about if you're sitting with them, what you would say, but I think of it as like, you're trying to describe what they're feeling that they may not know they're feeling until they read it and go, that's exactly what I'm feeling. And that's hard because you're like trying to look through their eyes. Well, and that's why we have like an exercise where we ask people to journal. It's really about getting into the psyche. (laughs) Mm. Um, Listen to your clients. Listen to the things that they're already saying in session. Like, I remember one client would always say, we'd always use this metaphor of a tunnel. And like, after therapy, there's finally like this pinhole of light, you know, like it felt like a never ending tunnel. And actually, I've heard that like four times from people. So then I'm like, okay, the tunnel metaphor is something people really identify with. And It's dark and dank and it feels endless, you know, that's emotional content that's being shared repeatedly. And so, you know, let your clients, and even if you're just starting out through your past experiences, think back to sessions. What have people brought to the table and, and start kind of evoking emotion. And I say, write down all the emotional words, even just start writing, um, like a journal, because I do think that there's this pressure, like I got to say it right. 
and mm-hmm. I gotta put it in the right way. Yeah, no, you're never gonna be perfect. So let's. That's why we were saying with your website, progress, not perfection. Right. You know, mm-hmm. just start, and then it gets refined over time because you may discover like, oh, I attracted something I didn't. I didn't realize that maybe this could have attracted something that's not a good fit. Let me change that up. Or a session inspires you creatively, and there's some words that you take out of that that become part of the content of your marketing. I think also think about the things that you consistently say in mm-hmm. session. The thing, like we all have those. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the way to say this, but like this. Yeah, I'm going to say money phrases. Yeah. Which is like the thing of like nuggets of truth of truth where <laughs> when you say this in the right context to the clients who need it, like it brings tears. Yeah. Like you are saying something aloud that they really need to hear in that moment um, to be able to think about what are the things that I notice? What's the pattern that I see? What's the pattern that when I say it aloud and normalize it or say like, and it's not fair and it's not okay that the person looks relieved that they like their, their, like their whole body, like lets go of the tension that they've been holding of feeling like Mm -hmm. it was their fault or there's something wrong with them or that they had to continue putting up with this other person's behavior or what have you. Like, what is the thing that I'm able to teach them that, you know, it's not like the website's going to teach them that. Like they're going to have this whole cathartic experience. Sometimes it can happen, but not always. But can I start to even Open. prepare them for that? Open yeah. The door to that. Like what is that that piece? Um, I think the other thing that kind of popped up um, for me in thinking about you know putting putting that into words is again like. If you are a therapist and you're listening to this, you know this more than you think. Yeah. I can't tell you how many coaching calls I've done with therapists where they have, you know, started verbalizing. I've asked them a few questions and they talk through, tell me about the client. What is their pain? And I'm just asking them. And then I say, so what about this? And I read something over and they, and the therapist starts to cry and they go, oh my God, that was it. I'm slamming the table. Sorry about that. If you hear something weird <laughs> in the background, they say like, that was it. Like that was like, oh my God, how did you put that into words? I wrote down what you mm-hmm. said every time. And then I put that together every time, like uh, word for word, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it was like a sentence here and a sentence there and what have you, but it was. It's all their stuff. Yep. It's like never, they know it. When people like say stuff to us like, how do you write? And it's like, I use your words. I don't like, <laughs> I just kind of moved them around or, uh, yeah, I pulled out some of the best stuff that I thought was like awesome. And it's your words yeah. every time yeah. <laughs> you guys got it. You just need, sometimes we need other people to see it in ourselves, right? Yeah. I, that's so true. I mean, I know um, I always talk about how I did Zinni Me's business school boot camp, and it's it's been one of the biggest things that's helped me just make my practice a business. It's always was a business, but you know, treat it as a business and and grow it. Um, it's been so valuable to me, and you guys know I love that. Mm-hmm. 
I love you for that. (laughs) (laughs) But um, definitely for me, you know, it's like, it's like being in school or something. It's like, what's the right answer? What's the right answer? (laughs) You know, and you just kind of freeze like, I don't know the answer. And really, the answer is individual for each person. So what you guys do is help pull it out mm-hmm. and and give a framework for getting it out like you said the journaling exercise um I feel like I need to do that <laughs> again <laughs> yeah well you're always changing boot camp and so you know there's always oh that's been in there from the beginning that's uh, always been there, girl. Oh, maybe yeah. I did it maybe I didn't I'm not sure <laughs> maybe I did it and never looked at it again <laughs> start to pull it out girly Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's it. It's like the things that you're doing in that process are so kind of emotional for the therapist as you're, you know, figuring it out. It's, it's weird. Well, and a lot of therapists are brought to tears and doing, um, I'm not sure if Kelly specifically said like you journal as your ideal client, like as them get in their head, get in their heart as if you're writing a journal from their entire perspective and a lot of therapists are just brought to like so much emotion and so much pain and so many tears about, oh my gosh, like I know it, but like they got to tap into it because we spend a lot of time being present for it um, and being connected to it, but keeping some distance mm-hmm. in order to provide that like outside perspective. And, you know, we need to keep that boundary sometimes in order to like, just like get through the day um, and do really exemplary work. But we, you know, the journaling exercises, exercise just asks you to drop the barrier and really step into that space with them. And it's, it's emotional. It's emotional Mm -hmm. stuff that we're doing. It's really, um, it can be really painful. And the, the other thing that's really interesting, I think, is when therapists go through that process and they get really clear and then their own stuff comes up about, oh, but if I say this out loud, what will other therapists think of me? Mm-hmm. What will an other professionals think when they read this material? Are they going to judge me? <laughs> like, what is the, what is the process? Um, so yeah, it's, it's like it, putting yourself out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause there's your heart on mm-hmm. the, on the line. Mm-hmm. Keeping it super general is like hiding. Therapists, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh. Did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore. When you use therapy notes, therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend therapy notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. We do talk about like what you were saying, imagine all these people 
that are looking for you and they can't find you because you're vanilla and they really need chocolate chip and, (laughs) but they can't find you because you're, you're blending. And so there are people out there that are looking. I, I was talking to a friend of mine who has been looking for someone for three months and she's just like, I can't find anyone. (laughs) Like, and I tried to help her and I was like, yeah, I can see why you're having a hard time. You know, um, she's like, I'll see anybody at this point. We don't want it to get to that. We want people to, to find you and be like, and it to be a wonderful experience because the more people have positive experiences in therapy, the, the more people are going to seek out therapy when You know, when a friend says to a friend, hey, this person really helped me, that's very impactful. And we reduce mental health stigma. Um, We improve outcomes in families and generations to come. And so the work we do is valuable. It shouldn't be hidden under a bushel. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So true. So, 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 so true. The... um, for the client, like your friend who's been looking for a long time and says, I'll just go to anyone now. Imagine how defeated the person feels when they go in for their first session and they're like, this probably, this person's probably not going to be able to really do anything for Mm me. Nobody understands what I'm going through. There's nobody out there who, who can do this. Well, best case scenario, it's just the, the cosmic things align and they get a great fit. Right. And that can happen right? It can really happen because there are a lot of awesome therapists out there. But let's say just 30% of the time, people end up with a poor fit because they don't have enough information to make an informed decision. How many people go to a therapist and it's a poor fit and they go, okay, I'm just going to look for another therapist. No big deal. And they start over. We have just taken that 30% of people that didn't have, not just, it's not that they had a bad outcome even. Let's just say they had an eh outcome, yeah. right? An eh. They, they paid $20 for eh with a copay or they paid $150 or whatever it was for eh. <laughs> and then there's a huge percentage of those people who never look again. They never go again. So we have the subset, maybe 15 to 20% of those people who have an ant experience who are like, damn it, I'm going to find a good therapist. Like, I know I want this. Maybe they've had an experience in the past that's let them know, or they have a friend, or the, the pain is just so great, and they're going to keep looking. But we've now lost 80% of that 30% of people who are going to say therapy doesn't work. It's like, right. I've been to a therapist, and it was like useless. Like, the, oh, therapy, they just sit and nod and go, oh, how are you feeling? And then time's up and I'll see you next week. Isn't that what we see in the media? Right. Either someone's disengaged and totally useless or they're having sex with their clients. Like that's what's on TV. True. Mm -hmm. True. Although I did, I was rewatching Grey's Anatomy the other day Mm -hmm. and uh, one of the therapists, the couple's therapist on there was terrible, but the individual therapist that works with. Oh yeah. Oh, I liked her. (laughs) I was just like reminded like, oh, here's an image of a therapist who like, I can get behind. It's not terrible. So there are some good examples, but most examples are not good. Like, and once you have, like they say with a small business of any kind, like the person who has a good experience 
might tell two or three of their friends, but the person who has a bad or an experience is going to tell 10. <laughs> like that spreads much more quickly than the positive. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, why we all, that's why we also talk about, let's say sometimes you take on a client and it's, it is meh, you know, and as a therapist being in tune to that, calling that out and, and getting good referrals on board can shift that experience as well. So that's, you know, like business and clinical go hand in hand. They're not separate, you know, and that's something we also want to promote is good clinical work. Um, and we're sure that a lot of therapists out there are on board with that message too. Yeah. I think a lot of us haven't been taught because we were taught in grad school that like you need to refer out. And if you're going through the process and it's not, if the person isn't seeing improvement that you refer out and then we go through our training programs and there's just no one to refer to. They're like, no, you're you're doing it. Like it's, (laughs) it's basically like you are nothing. So do your best. And so we go, Oh, I'm better than nothing. Um, So I'm going to do my best. And no one wants to own it. Like there's so much just comfort with being able to say like, you know what I notice is like this isn't usually where therapy is at this point. Usually I notice more like this. Um, How is this pacing feeling to you? Um, Are you happy? Is there parts of this that are having value for you that I'm not seeing because I need to know about that? Or do we need to talk about changing something and trying something different? Or do I need to connect you with another therapist? Because I want you to have an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. And whenever I've had those conversations, as, as uncomfortable as they might be, I've gotten rave reviews and letters later of people saying like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. I, I really wasn't happy with the therapy that we were doing. And you giving me permission to go and do this other work with this other person, I actually now see we did a lot of deep work and I just couldn't, like, I couldn't see it. And I realize now what you were doing and what you were trying to tell me that I just couldn't take in. Um, And like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You know, and I'm so glad that they moved on to someone else where like they could get to a point of being able to see that. Um, and that there was no ugh about it, you know, of being able to, to be in that space of, of basically getting fired, you know, as a therapist, we need to get comfortable with getting fired. We need to get comfortable with firing ourselves. Um, we need to get more comfortable with just having conversations that allow us to make adjustments. You know, people shouldn't be coming to therapy even one time without the therapist checking in and saying, is this really what you needed? Um, is there anything we could do to make this better next week? Um, is there any expectation that was not met today? And then the next time, you know, how was, you know, how did you feel after last week's session? Is there anything that you wanted to tell me things that didn't work or did work or that like, let's talk about it. Cause we're supposed to be the people to have those conversations. It's a corrective experience from the client's world where they aren't being noticed and seen. So, um, Again, having a business that cares enough to get uncomfortable <laughs> is good clinically for um, the client and for your business as well. I mean, it, it's a win-win. Yeah, because the therapist feels better working with the clients they know they do the best work with. Mm-hmm. And all the clients are getting better, you know, a better therapist because that person's doing their best work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So how do you guys um, see, you know, you mentioned like blogging and things like that. How do you see the other parts in addition to what you have on your website to um, be important in letting your ideal clients find you? I think one of the things we talk about is it is a melding of who you are and the best way that you communicate in your message and where the client is at. And when those two things mix, you know, um, that is where your marketing is centered. So for example, um, you doing this podcast, you know, you have this beautiful voice, you have a message, you have a way of conveying and talking. Some people are great talkers And so podcasting is great. And is their ideal client a person that listens and digests information that way? Then that is a great way to market because it's not about I'm just going to put information everywhere and anywhere. Again, it's intentionality um, and um, strategy and taking time and, and thought into how you're putting your message out there. So uh, someone, uh, a client of ours is, uh, struggling with blogging and discovering that like just setting the intention and exploring other ways to do the message on a regular basis is actually exciting. And so we want our clients to have an enthusiasm about their message and how they're putting it out there because it is meeting the client where they're at. Does that make sense? Yeah, so meeting the therapist's client where they're at and yeah. meeting the therapist where they're at and what fits with yeah. how they are comfortable doing their marketing. Right. Just because everyone does blogs doesn't mean you have to write a blog, but you need to put your information out there. So it's like, what is the best fit for you? We, we talk about like marketing archetypes and personality and, and that sort of stuff. What, where is that for you and where can it meet the client? Mm-hmm. And then from a technical standpoint, no matter what framework you're using, whether it's video or audio or written or even images, then that also allows Google to get to know you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Google doesn't know your heart. They can't come into your mm-hmm. therapy room. And their whole goal and how they have made millions and billions of dollars is by giving people what they need, by helping people who are looking for something find material that's really impactful, that someone goes, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was looking for. Thank you, Google. So we have to allow Google to know us. And so as we put that material out, as we put that into words, as we use the words that clients are using, which is also maybe the words that they're searching for (laughs) and Googling for, um, and we put that in a format that Google can see and understand, it allows them to refine their search process so that they can give people really great um, targeted results. Um, There's a lot of therapists that say, well, I just want to show up for counseling. Um, Well, Mm -hmm. if there's a thousand therapists in your area or even a hundred therapists in your area, there's only 10 spots on the first page of Google. Um, So there's only 10 out of a hundred of you that are going to get that. And ultimately the people who are looking for just general counseling may actually not be your ideal client. Um, You may be looking specifically for people who are looking for couples therapy or people who are looking for child's therapy. 
And so being able to show up on those results that really closely align with what they're looking for is much more powerful than just, well, I got my name and face up in front of a thousand people, but you know, 900 of them were not the right people. And what's funny is that from a search perspective, Google looks at, they have all these technical ways of understanding, did this, did this website meet the, the client's need? need? Right. Yeah. So they like look are at, people finding that's the one they wanted when they yeah. did that search. So they can see how long did they stay on the website? Did they look on the website and go, ugh, and then bounce off because there was maybe they looked at the website and there was no picture. Um, it was super general. Um, it looked like uh, like just just, just vanilla jargon. Yeah. Like they just there wasn't anything to engage in, you know. So as soon as that happens, the more times that happens where somebody spends, you know, less than 30 seconds on your site, the more that Google goes, oh, this really isn't a good fit, clearly. You know, we want people to spend time. We want them to spend time honestly, even if they find out that like this wasn't the right thing for them, but they were engaged enough to go, wow, this person is really kind and they're giving me a lot of good information. I went through their FAQs and what have you and like, oh, they're not the right fit for me. Let me look elsewhere. And they might even come back later and go, you know, she said in there that if we're struggling with finding a good therapist, even if we're not a good fit, that they'd be happy to give me a referral. So, you know, what? I'm just going to call them for the consult to see if they can help me find somebody because this person's talking to me in a way that nobody else is. You know, there's a reason that my, my website for my private practice in Northern California, which I have a contractor there or what have you, I haven't blogged on that site. Um, I haven't updated that site now in several years with all the moving and it's just not, it's not my focus. Um, I get more than enough referrals. I'll get 15 referrals in a week, 15, that's a ton. And there are lots of therapists in that area. In fact, there are like three or four different programs within like a 20 mile radius, radius that are churning out therapists. So it's not that there's not a ton of options. Why am I getting so many calls? And not a huge area, you know, 250,000 people. Um, it's, it's because I provide something on the website that's engaging and that people connect with and they feel heard in that space. And once you tap into that and once you have that, there's a lot of that that then you can focus your energy elsewhere whether it's speaking in your community, whether it's just doing great clinical work. For me, it has been um, Zinni Me and MFT Guide that like there's other things that, that I do creatively. Um, there's a lot that happens once you get that connected in. And so it takes a lot less energy once it's there to refine and to update as needed and what have you. Wow, that's a lot to think about. But <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's really it's really useful to understand that it's getting Google to know what your site is offering and how, how it aligns with what people are searching for. So if you, again, if you're just trying to be really general, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't match for people. Yeah. Google doesn't know what to do with you. <laughs> mm -hmm. And even if they, you know, for some reason put you on the front page of Google because, you know, maybe there's only 20 people in your area. If people look at it and then don't get engaged, if somebody else is, you know, if the other therapists in your area are better at building a relationship and rapport 
through their website, then your website's going to get pushed down over time. It's about building rapport. It's like, I like to think of blogs and video blogs, podcasts, all that kind of stuff that these are like your mini community presentations that if you got invited to speak to a group, you'd be so excited to help those people. You'd be so excited to share some nuggets of wisdom, to give them some hope, to be able to, you know, connect with people who may need you. We have the ability to go and do that. And there's no gatekeeper, you know, in a sense, like it's, it's a really cool thing. It used to take a lot to like get on TV or get on the radio, to have our information be shared, to be able to get a book published, to, to have that shared across the community. There used to be this big gatekeeper and only some people got their messages heard. Now we have an opportunity if we choose to share our wisdom and our mission and our deep purpose with the world and really help people that we'll never meet. Like that will never meet so many people, you know, a lot of therapists have this idea that like, wow, if like, if 10 therapists view my website, then like I should get 10 calls, right? No, (laughs) that's not how it is. You know, we know the stages of change. We know that people are in that pre-contemplation mode. We know that we're not the right fit for everybody. You're going to have somewhere between, even if you have a really good website, it's something like, they say like two to 3% conversion rate, right? So out of a hundred um, views. You're going to have two to three people who actually get on the phone and call you and, and schedule. And so that does mean that if your website's really great, then what if just 50 of those people like really got something out of it, even though they didn't call? Like That's a big deal. If you were able to do speaking engagements every month where you were helping 50 new people, you would be super stoked. Mm-hmm. And now you get to do that without having to actually like sure. put on your pantyhose <laughs> and put on your makeup and get parking and do all this stuff. And like, you can be sitting there with a client, you could be sleeping in the comfort of your home and helping um, people. And yeah, so cool. It is. And I like the way you broke that down because it's not just about drawing clients to your practice. It's about what can you, how can you help? And that's what we all want to do. Always. It's, it's about the client. And I think that's the thing that so many people have missed. I almost hate starting any conversation with the idea of niche and specialization. I know you told me, Sorry. We're talk about this here. no, no, it's totally okay. But like, I, I feel comfortable now saying like, I cringe that that's the introduction sometimes um, with us because of that, because people all of a sudden go, Oh, this is a business conversation. no, This is a clinical conversation that has business outcomes. (laughs) You know, this is a big deal. Um, This is something that people should be doing because it's clinically right and it's right for the clients. It's right for our community. And it just happens that it's also really smart and really effective from a business perspective. Even if you don't want to grow your business, you should be doing this. It's good. It's good for our world. I love that. Yeah. So I was... um... I was being a little too clinically detached when I was looking at the ideal client and niche or niche um, discussion because it's really about how we serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Everything. Comes Everything down to we that. do. Yeah, and I know that, you know. I know. You just forgot. I just forgot. 
I, no, you're good. I, now I'm like, oh my gosh, should I offend Laura by no, sharing no, no. the cringing? But it's not, it's not Laura. I mean, Laura's so sweet. <laughs> she's so like, she's lovely. And so you are so client focused. Yeah. You practice like, that. Like, I know you are so like relationally focused. It's one of the things I really um, have noticed about you from the very beginning when I met you is that you're always about getting to know and connecting with people. It's why podcasting is such a lovely mm-hmm. way for you um, to be giving back to the world. Like it's always about that. And people remember you not because you're going like, look at me, I'm Laura Reagan from Annapolis, Maryland. You know, you want, I, everybody wants me as their therapist. It's because you're like, hi, I'm Laura. Like, tell me about you. And I want to understand that. Oh, what's your specialty? Oh, that's exciting. Oh, you're doing this. Oh, that's awesome. Like, and not, it's not forced. It's not, it's not inauthentic. It's just who you are and you allow it to come out. And I just think it's, I, I mean, for anybody listening to, if you haven't picked up on that, like that's a huge, huge piece of why lore has been so successful is because of that, like really deep internal, sense of loving getting to know people and being connective and relational and authentic in those in those connections um i i think that's one of your really like a, a huge strength of yours thank you so much for saying all that you're just like really <laughs> making me feel good <laughs> well um, i have to after i said that i cringe. <laughs> no i everybody no one no one could no one could know you or have interacted with you and not have that same experience if you have not heard that before like I'm sure there's going to be a million people who are going to comment on this and go review you on iTunes and go oh my gosh that's exactly what I thought oh I hope so thank you well um it's you know it's actually you're bringing up a point that I think really relates to you know what boot camp helped me do and um that is that I was hiding and thinking that, oh, I don't want to attract too much attention and, you know, I don't want to be scrutinized and have people judge me. And um, I finally, through a lot of the work that we did in boot camp, decided that what I, who I am and just how I am is me and that's what my clients respond to. You know, it's the work we're doing together, but it's how we are relationally that makes the fit what it is. So why would I hide that in what I'm trying to tell people about my practice? And I think that's important for all of us therapists to think about that. Don't hide who you are and try to blend in, you know, your, what you have that makes you, you is why clients want to work with you. Totally. Mm -hmm. So ladies, I don't want to run out of time without you getting a chance to tell everyone where they can get more of the wonderful free content and also Mm -hmm. your coaching and all that good stuff. So please let them know where to find you. Yeah. Zinnyme.com. Z is in zebra. Y is in yellow. N is in Nancy. N is in Nancy. Y is in yellow. M is in Mary. E.com. Worst name ever. Um, (laughs) It's got a great story behind it, but it's horrible to spell. Um, you just click on the trainings tab. We have over 10 hours of previous webinars that you can easily go in and watch anytime, anywhere. Um, and then we also have free live webinars every single month and we share, um, you know, information. We want people to be able to go there 
um, and get really good information that they can go and take action on. Um, and to that, that information alone can help grow their practice. Um, it's just cool stuff. We have a podcast, um, as well, where, um, we interview, um, therapists who have started the counseling practice. You can find that on, on iTunes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a cool thing. And of course we have our, our boot camp, which you can find a little bit more about, but we have a little mini boot camp on there for free as well. Um, so you can kind of get a little taste, um, of what boot camp is, is about. Mm-hmm. We're excited. We're actually amping that little mini boot camp up a little bit. So it's going to be really rad. I think what we've cooked up, mm-hmm. um, cause we're constantly having those conversations just like we did, um, with marketing our private practices with our work here is what do our clients really need? What are the, what does the community need as a whole? How can we make sure that our community and colleagues get what they need and get support? Um, because we, this is gonna, this impacts, you know, every time we help a client be able to reach out, um, in a more impactful way to their communities, that means there's more people and more communities that have access to, great therapists and they have access to hopeful conversations and they have access to good information. Like this is about realizing that in this kind of work and going to that next level, just like when I started teaching, um, teaching therapists, uh, in grad school and, uh, in undergrad, like, wow, this is a, this is a big thing to be able to impact that next generation and give them really good information there's a lot of people that get touched, um, through that. And it's exciting. I mean, just like, for example, Laura, like we're so proud of you, but it's also cool for us to know that we got to be a part of your path and that, you know, you went from, I mean, when I first met you, you were not in full-time private practice and the growth that you've experienced and, I'm grateful that bootcamp got to be a part of that, but look at how you're touching lives now. Um, nationally, not just in your office even. And um, that to us is exciting and what keeps us going in this work. Yeah, we all, everything we're all doing, it's it all has much bigger ripples than yeah. we realize. Thank God for that. I think that's the cool part about life. Yeah. Yeah. I like, bet Laura's already got international listeners. <laughs> Yes, international. <laughs> well, you know. The United States. So. I know we, we at least have some in Canada and a few in the UK. And there was like oh, one in China. Oh, <laughs> That's one. Oh wait, <laughs> we have a we have a listener um, that comes to our webinars that's from China. Yeah. That, I, that probably the same person. Times, I'm wondering <laughs> if it really is. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, speaking of um, last thing, I want you to say what is the name of your podcast? Because since people are listening to this on a podcast, they may be very likely to go seek that out, and I want to be sure they know the right name. I believe it's. Um, <laughs> we're going to get it right for you because. <laughs> This is the thing with the Zinimi name. It's um, Private Practice Experts, Kelly and Miranda. That's what I thought. So they can search that on iTunes? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh, for sure. Or you can just go to our site and and find it there. You so, can download it right from zinimi.com. I yeah. believe so, yes. Yep. Awesome. Kelly and Miranda, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Therapy Chat today. And it's so fun that we did it with both of you together. I'm really (laughs) glad that worked out. Cool. 
thank you for having us. And um, I hope this has been an encouragement to anyone listening. Um, what we get to do as therapists, it's such an amazing craft and work and influence in the world. And we love serving um, you guys. So yeah, thank you for having us. Yes. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Hey guys, Laura Reagan here again. Just wanted to check back and say I hope you enjoyed listening to my interview with Kelly and Miranda, private practice consultants with Zinni Me, and that you learned something about how the message we as therapists use to reach our clients is so important to helping clients find us and how we can help on a broad scale, even people who are not going to become our clients by having a lot of good information on our websites, useful educational information, blog posts, podcasts, and all kinds of different things that we can do to share what we know with the world. I really enjoyed my conversation with Kelly and Miranda. I've learned so much from them, and I hope you'll check out their website, zinnyme.com, Z-Y-N-N-Y-M-E.com. If you didn't already listen to episode 39, it's a good companion to this one, my interview with Cat Love, the third interview of the Practice Building series. Um, I recommend you go back and listen to that because she ties that in with web design. So it's kind of like Cat talks about how you can use your website design to be of service and reach more people and speak to your ideal clients. And then Kelly and Miranda take that idea to the next level in terms of your messaging, your marketing, your clinical work. So thanks for listening. And as always, please visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can also email me at laura at lauraregan.lcswc.com. I'd love to know what you liked about this episode what you didn't like, what you like about the podcast in general, what you don't like, what you'd like to hear more of, um, anything you want to share with me, a question you'd like me to address. Um, just please give me your feedback. I'd love to know so I can continue to create the podcast that you want to hear. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan. LCSWC. For more information, visit Laura's website at www.lauraregan.lcswc.com.
lcswc.com.